Welcome to Marksman, a podcast for men who have been marked by Christ and who are aiming their lives at Christ-likeness. I'm Mark Spellman, your host. So glad that you hit the play button and join me in today's conversation, today's podcast, and want to just say, hey, I want to hear from you, men. Please send me some emails. Let me hear from you. I want to hear your testimonies. I want to hear your prayer requests. And I want to hear what you think about the new format. Just going 15 minutes here each week, a little more condensed, a little bit more to the point. Um, but hopefully maybe the shorter format, maybe you'd be more inclined to share it with your friends, share it with your, uh, your buddies at work, your buddies at the neighbor in the neighborhood, or maybe just buddies at church, wherever. You know, just a short 15 minutes. We're going to try to make this the best 15 minutes of your week. And I know that's a big claim and I'm not claiming it'll be the best 15 minutes, but I want to make it a very important 15 minutes that you and I share together in faith to aim our lives at Christ likeness. So let me hear from you. Email me at Spelman Ministries at gmail.com. The link is in the platform information below. And I want to hear from you and be brutally honest. I want to hear exactly what you're thinking about the podcast, what you think about the new format. And of course, I definitely want to hear your prayer requests and your testimonies. So let me hear from you, man, or anything you want to hear talked about on any future podcast segments. I'm welcome your, your input, your ideas, your questions, things you want to dig into as it pertains to aiming our lives at Christ's likeness. So we begin weeks ago talking about the blood of Jesus, what it looks like to apply the blood, have faith in the blood. And we talked about the basis of this was Exodus 12, 22 and 23, where Moses was instructed by God to have every leader in their home apply the blood of Jesus to the lintel and to the doorpost because judgment was coming through the land of Egypt. God was delivering his family. God was delivering his people. He had prophesied it back to Abraham before Abraham had his first child. And he said, your family's going to go into bondage. They're going to be in bondage 400 years, but I'm going to visit them. I'm going to bring a deliverer to them, and I'm going to bring them out with an outstretched arm, and they're going to come out with tremendous wealth. God spoke this. God prophesied this hundreds of years into the future. And so we're here today talking about putting faith in the blood of Jesus and speaking over our generations to come, speaking over our home, speaking over our marriage, speaking over our spouse and our children, our grandchildren, even grandchildren you don't have yet, even a spouse you may not have yet. You might not even be married. You can you can be praying for your wife right now. Even if you haven't met her, you don't know who she is. God does. Put your faith in the blood of Jesus. Cover her. Just begin ministering to her right now. If you believe she's coming and God's ordering your steps and God's bringing you a spouse, man, be praying for her. Be pleading the blood of Jesus over her. Be ministering to her in prayer, ministering to her in spirit, knowing that she's coming and you're going to know in your spirit when you meet her and say, ah, that's my wife. That's my perfect thing. That's my blessing from the Lord. She's going to crown my life with favor and goodness. And I'm going to minister to her just like I have been all these months or weeks or years perhaps in prayer before you ever met her and you'll just you just roll right on in all that but anyway praise god so no matter what your circumstance or situation is married or not children or not you know you're a son of god you're a child of god and we need as children of god as sons of god to know the blood of jesus and apply it by faith just like moses took that hyssop and he struck the or excuse me the household leaders struck the doorpost struck the lintel with the blood we with our tongue with our words with our faith we are applying the blood of jesus 
to our homes. We're applying it to the door of our heart, to the door of our life. Man, apply the blood of Jesus to your TV. Apply the blood of Jesus to your computer screens and to your phones. Apply the blood of Jesus to your children. Do it with faith. Do it with your words. Do it in prayer. They don't even have to necessarily hear you doing it. Years, and most of the time I do it, people don't even know I'm praying for them. Do you know that I've already applied the blood of Jesus to you? You didn't know it, but I'm letting you in a little secret. I plead the blood of Jesus over every podcast. I plead the blood of Jesus over every listener. I plead the blood of Jesus over every partner we have with Spellman Ministries. I plead the blood. I intercede. I apply that redemptive power, that redemptive vision, that redemptive love, that redemptive power that's in the blood of Jesus, that identity that is divine, that destiny that is in God. I apply that blood to you every single week. And so you can do that for people you love, you care about. You can apply the blood of Jesus over your pastor. You can apply the blood of Jesus over your church family. You can apply the blood of Jesus over your boss, over your business, over your employees, or over your employer. You can apply the blood of Jesus over your hands, your feet, and your eyes, and your ears. It's just powerful the way you can release the grace of God and the power of God and the redemption of God in your life through simple faith in the blood of Jesus. So we talked last week. If you were a part of it, you can always go back and catch these. They're just 15 minutes. Hello. Catch up with us on some of these teachings if you missed any of them up until now. But we talked about seven places Jesus shed his blood. And so when we talk about having faith in the blood and applying the blood, we have to be aware, and it's no accident, there were seven places. Number seven is very significant, very complete, very perfect. Seven places Jesus shed his blood for a full redemption, for a full restoration, for a complete divine reset for man, for humanity, and his royal ruling family. So here we see, first in the Garden of Gethsemane, I'm going to mention them just real quickly, all seven of them, then we're going to go back and talk about a few of them in detail. First, in the Garden of Gethsemane, he sweat great drops of blood, then the crown of thorns pressed upon his brow, piercing his brow. He sweat and further bled upon his brow as that crown in mockery was then pressed into his brow. And then thirdly, he was wounded as he was being beaten with stripes. There were outward wounds as he was being punished and whipped and scourged. So he wounded and he bled outwardly. But then he was also bruised, number four. He bled inwardly. Not only was he wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. Isaiah 53, 4 and 5 talks about wounded for our transgression, bruised for our iniquities. That is both bloodshed. Whether it's wounding or bruising, one's outward, one's inward. And that's where we can apply faith in the blood of Jesus is in his redemption for everything we've been wounded by and redemption by everything we've been bruised by, outward and inward. Then number five, his hands were pierced. That's specific. Number six, his feet were pierced. That's specific. And then finally, number seven, his side was pierced where the Bible records that blood and water flowed when that Roman centurion finally shoved that spear up into his side and pierced his side. 
and blood and water flowed. So these are seven places Jesus shed his blood, and these are seven ways we can apply that redemptive blood of Jesus. Like Colossians 1.20, by the blood of his cross, everything is brought back to himself, back to its original tent, intent, and restored to innocence again. That's Colossians 1.20 in the Passion Translation. So we, we first saw that in the Garden of Gethsemane, and I, I mentioned this briefly in another podcast, the, the obvious thing there, what's happening in the Garden of Gethsemane? He's wrestling, not my will, but your will be done. He's trying to find some other way. Father, is there any other way? And three times he knelt down and prayed. Three times he knelt down. And every time he he closed his prayer, he closed and resolved himself, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. So there is tremendous power. If you have been struggling, men, to surrender in certain areas of your life, you know you're not doing life God's way in that particular area. You know you're not, maybe it's in your finances, maybe it's in how you're you're talking to your wife or to your children, maybe it's how you're doing business dealings, maybe it's whatever, you know, just anything where we're just not doing life God's way. We're not doing life according to the law of love. We're not doing life according to the law of God. We're not doing things in integrity. Um, whatever the issue is, if there's just somewhere, maybe it's an addiction to something. Um, you know, it might be addiction to chocolate and your God's been dealing with you. It might be addiction to crack and God's dealing with you. It makes no difference. It's all about the surrender of the will. It's about trust. What was lost in the Garden of Eden was restored in the Garden of Gethsemane. And what was lost in the Garden of Eden was trust. God lost the trust of his son and his daughter. And in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus is restoring that trust between God and man. And he's our example. He's our redeemer. And so we enter into covenant with God through his covenant with God, and his trust was perfect. He trusted God in complete obedience. Philippians 2 says, even unto the the death of a cross. He died a criminal. He was the innocent dying for the, the, the criminal a criminal's death, a most barbaric death, the most humiliating death, the most shameful death, and yet he was the innocent dying for us, the guilty, so that through our faith in him, he took what he didn't deserve so that we could, by faith, take what we don't deserve. He didn't deserve our sin and judgment, and we don't deserve his righteousness and blessing. But that's the great exchange That's the covenant exchange, men. And so just like in humility, Jesus took what he didn't deserve. We have to humble ourselves under the mighty hand and take what we don't deserve. And one of the great ways we can begin surrendering our will, surrendering areas that we struggle with to just do it God's way and just surrender to God's will, to God's plan for our life. Whatever the issue is, apply the blood of Jesus to your will. Go back with Jesus into the garden of Gethsemane and say, Jesus, I want to kneel down here with you and I want to apply your blood to my own soul. You surrendered. You lived every day for the Father. You didn't do one thing without the Father's direction. You didn't do one thing without the Father's blessing. You didn't do one thing unless you saw your Father do it. You heard your Father say it. You didn't even take credit for one of your teachings. You said, it's the Father's doctrine in me. I want my will surrendered like your will. I want my will yielded to your will. 
or to the Father's will. I want to follow you in your example of prayer, saying, Our Father, your kingdom come, your will be done. And you can put faith in the blood of Jesus to work out that rebellion, to work out that stubbornness, to work out all those challenges that rise up in in false, selfish reasonings that come to all of us. Simple faith in the blood of Jesus can be applied, and you can apply the blood of Jesus to your will. Now, I know the blood's applied to your sins, but I'm talking about getting real specific. He shed his blood seven different places, and you can apply the blood in each one of those places to your own life to redeem your life, your soul, your purpose, the plan of God for your life, and it can affect your marriage, and it can affect your home, and it can affect your children, because they're going to follow your example, men. Children learn what they live. So give them an example of a surrendered will to the will of God, a surrendered will, a surrendered soul where your mind, your will, your emotions come under the lordship of Jesus and the lordship of scripture and the lordship of the plan and family of God. Let your children see that. Let your spouse see that. Lead in that way. And one of the first ways you can do it is by specifically applying the blood of Jesus to your will, going back to the Garden of Gethsemane, just like Jesus did. And he said, nevertheless, Father, not my will, but your will be done. So let me just pray with you as we move towards the close here of today's podcast. Father, I just pray with every man listening to me today. And Father, this is a this is a huge cornerstone in our heart. This is something that will set in motion your blessing, your favor in every area of our life. And so I pray with every man today, and I plead the blood of Jesus today over each and every man's soul, each and every man's will. And I thank you, Father, for the blood that cleanses, cleanses us from all rebellion, cleanses us from all stubbornness. And we allow ourselves to be made uh, moldable and shapeable. And we just declare, Father, we are the clay, you are the potter. Mold us, shape us. And like Jesus, we declare, whatever it is, Father, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done in Jesus' name.